This is a Federal News Network podcast. A second shoe is about to drop as part of a federal regulatory effort to keep certain Chinese-made telecommunications products and services out of the federal supply chain. Starting August 13th, agencies must include a clause in all contracts that prohibits any company they do business with from using products from ZTE, Huawei, and others. Executive Editor Jason Miller writes about what the rule will mean for agencies and contractors alike, and Jason joins me now to discuss. Hey, Jason. Hey, Jared. So what exactly is this interim rule going to require? I think the key point here is that it's an interim rule, so it's not final. However, it does go into effect on August 13th, and basically what it uh, will require agencies to not only put a clause in their contracts for any contract awarded after August 13th or even let. So any solicitation that was even, if it was let on August 12th or August 11th, will still need to include that clause by award time. And contractors will have to submit a, what they call representation that they're not using any ZTE, Huawei, or other similar Chinese-made telecommunications products in their supply chain. This is extremely difficult because you're looking at the, the, entire supply chain. So if you're talking about a contractor who's doing business with someone to process credit cards, they have to ensure that somehow that supply chain is not being impacted by Huawei or ZTE. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to take, it's going to take some time, but they want to start it as soon as possible, which is August 13th. And the way the rule is written, and I, I think this is actually how the statute is, is reads also, it says that the, the ZTE and Huawei equipment can't make up a substantial or essential component of any system or as critical technology. So does the rule help us understand what substantial or essential means? It doesn't. And I think that's part of the challenge that I think the vendors and others are starting to see because it really it goes against anybody at the prime contract level, which is key, not just sub, doesn't go down to the subcontract level, but the prime contract level. But what does that mean? What is a you know, substantial or central doesn't really say what it means and how it applies. Now, what's interesting is it says it says essential or, or substantial or as critical technology as part of any system, regardless of whether the usage in the, is in the performance of work under the federal contract. So they could have it on a back end that really doesn't really affect federal agencies, but then would have to, that would still count as part of their supply chain. So uh, this is a broad rule. This is going to take a lot of effort from industry, and there's not a lot of time for them to, to, to be prepared, even though, Jared, this has been in the works for well over a year. Yeah, Ellen Lord from DOD, the way she phrased it is, look, we don't want this to end up being a situation where a contractor has a ZTE camera in their parking lot and that disqualifies them from federal work. So, yeah, it sounds like some of those details still do need to be ironed out. As far as industry goes, what are you hearing in reaction so far? I think industry, generally speaking, understands the concern. I got a, I talked to Roger Waldron, the president of the Coalition for Government Procurement, and he goes, "We under, we're, you know, they were still reading the interim rules, so they didn't have all, I think it was 80, 82, 86 pages down pat. But what they basically said was they understand it's a shared goal. They want to mitigate risks, but there's there's a lot of things that still they need to understand. I also talked to Eric Crucius, who's a federal procurement attorney and a partner at Holland & Knight. One of the things he said was it's it's going to really impact such a wide swath of companies that it's going to be very interesting to see how it gets applied. For instance, Jared, this not only applies to prime contractors, but if you're buying commercial off-the-shelf products, if you're buying things below the micro-purchase threshold, those are of concern. This is something that Eric Crucius put, points out, that how is this going to flow down to that level and, and that broad-based 
approach to contracting. And I think that's of concern. Again, how it will be applied is really the, the big key here. And there's a lot of unknowns. To the extent this costs money to actually remove any ZTE or Huawei equipment that might be in company networks, how much of how much is cost a concern? And does the rule lay out whether or not that would be an allowable cost that the government would cover? As far as I know, the rule does not talk about that as an allowable cost. Now, interestingly enough, if a vendor wants to apply for the uh, CMMC framework standards that DOD is laying out, the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification, that would be an allowable cost to reach the level one, level two, level three. But to actually remove products and services, I don't think that is. I think that's going to be something that vendors will have to take on. And it could cost them you know, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars across the entire uh, industrial base. And as you wrote this week, this is really just a part of a multifaceted effort that's going across, going around, going on around government and in Congress to get a better handle on, on what's out there in terms of potentially suspect things in the supply chain. What, what are some of the other moving parts that are still out there right now? The biggest one that I think agencies and vendors are really looking at is the Federal Acquisition Security Council, the FASC. Now, this was created by Congress. It's led by Grant Schneider, the Federal Chief Information Security Officer. And he told me back in June that one major priority around the FASC is to set up its strategic plan. It actually delivered it and its charter to Congress for approval. And, and, and then it's working on an interim final rule as well to lay out the processes and procedures of how the council will work. One of the big things that council will do is when it comes to supply chain risk management is give, do an assessment, evaluate potentially covered, what they call covered articles, which in this case is uh, technology that's of concern, products and services that are of concern that may be a supply chain risk, and then make recommendations to the Homeland Security Department, to the Defense Department, to the Office of Director for National Intelligence, so they could decide whether they need to make a removal or an exclusion order. The FASC also is following closely to the aforementioned uh, CMMC framework, the DOD, and they're looking at how that's going to kind of flow down within within the government and DOD, but also how it would apply broad, more broadly. Again, no decisions have been made whether they will apply that more broadly, but that's something they're watching. And then the third piece of this that just actually happened last week is from the National Telecommunications and Information Administration, NTIA, which are part of the Commerce Department. And they actually issued a notice in the Federal Register establishing a new Communications Supply Chain Risk Information Partnership. Now, NTIA, along with ODNI and DHS and others, will create what they call a trusted a partnership with small and rural communications providers and equipment suppliers to improve, again, risk management, sharing of risk information on the supply chain. So there's all these pieces and parts that are starting to come together to really in, in, increase and improve how agencies protect their technology that they use, not just for telecommunications, but even more broadly. And not only that, there was also an earlier rule that that contractors have already been working on implementing that, again, is related specifically to ZTE and Huawei. How does this new rule differ from that one? So the first one, which went into effect in 2019, it's it's the first part of what they call Section 889 in the 2019 Defense Authorization Bill. That really was all about looking at not buying these products, these ZTE, Huawei, other prohibited Chinese products directly. Meaning government don't buy them. That's right. The government shouldn't buy the products. And then also now this second shooter drop means the government can't work with a company that has bought those products either. So they were building up over the last year, year and a half to really get to the point where there's trying to get all the ZTE, all the Huawei, all those prohibited Chinese products out of the supply chain. It's going to take time. I mean, you just, it's not a flip of a switch as we know. The supply chain is, is deep. It's wide. 
and uh, trying to understand all the uh, all the, the nooks and crannies will, will take some time. But the, the, as you see, Jared, there's a building of momentum to really make changes to how the government contracts, to how the, the companies they work with use products and services and really move Chinese products and services, many of them out of the supply chain. All right. Federal News Network's Jason Miller. Thanks very much. My pleasure. And again, you can find Jason's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.